the nuclear warhead. I was doing that guy from that movie, you know, Slim Pickens, where he rides it all the way in, the nuclear warhead. No. I didn't see that one, huh? Hello, movie lovers. You're listening to Does It Hold Up, the podcast where we talk about some of the best movies of all time to see if they still hold up. I'm Adam. And I'm Emily. And this week we're doing 1998's very own Armageddon. End of the world. Are you ready? Was anybody ready? (laughs) No. (laughs) Is this the first time you're seeing this movie? No. Okay, thank God. I was gonna say, please tell me no for this one. This is not a movie that I like felt like you had seen before but it doesn't surprise me that you've seen this one before i'm i'm pretty okay with disaster movies i will watch disaster movies oh i know because one of your favorite movies is uh what it's uh day after tomorrow that's the one yeah Ugh, we're gonna have to cover that eventually aren't we oh yeah do we do we really okay okay that's fine, <laughs> Bye, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yay disaster movies I enjoy disaster movies. I don't think they're ever like the best, no. mostly because they're just spectacle and they completely disregard story to give you whole look at things explodey, splody. Yeah, they don't really science well either. Normally, that doesn't even bother me. It's a movie. I can suspend my disbelief, but <laughs> I can't sit for two hours watching people just run from disaster. Like I actually need a story to focus on. And most of these disaster movies don't have one. They're just one scene of disaster followed by another scene of disaster. And there's some garbage in between. Well, good thing for you. There's a story in this one. As garbage as it is, there's a story in it. Barely a story in this one. (laughs) I think I saw Armageddon for the first time when we rented it from Blockbuster or whatever video rental service we were using at the time. Because I don't think we went to Blockbuster when I was little. I think it was probably some local mom and pop shop or or something, you know. And that's the first time I ever saw it. Sitting at home and I was like, this movie's so good. Oh my God, I love this movie. Because I was a dumb kid. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, explosions and asteroids and yay. I can turn off my brain and yet still feel smart because there's talking about science. I did not realize how bad their science is in this movie as a kid. Well, yeah. As an adult, I'm like, none of your shit makes sense. No. But what are you going to do? Disaster movie. (laughs) All right. So Armageddon had a budget of about $140 million, which is way too expensive for a movie in 1998. It's all those special effects. Sure. And explosions. Michael Bay loves his explosions. (laughs) Domestically, it took in 201.6 million. Worldwide, 554.6 million. So if you do the math, it was profitable. So broke even or was maybe slightly profitable. In 1998, it was the second highest grossing movie of the year behind, do you know? No. Titanic. Even though Titanic came out in 1997. Oh, okay. That's why I was like, wait, I don't feel like Titanic came out that year. It did not. Titanic came out December 19th, 1997. But obviously the majority of it played in 1998. And it was the highest grossing movie of the year. I know Ebert probably had something good to say about this movie. Well, good being the relative term there. Oh, no. What he says is good. (laughs) He gave it one star. 
I think this might be our very first one star from him. It is. And when you read his review, you get that the feeling of why he gave it. The movie is an assault on the eyes, the ears, the brain, common sense, and the human desire to be entertained. No matter what they're charging to get in, it's worth more to get out. I read this review in preparation for the podcast, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to expand upon what you just noted a little bit, because you just read the last two sentences of his opening paragraph. Yes. Here is the first half of that. Quote, Here it is at last, the first 150-minute trailer. Armageddon is cut together like its own highlights. Take almost any 30 seconds at random, and you'd have an ad for TV. Oh my god, he this whole first paragraph is just brilliant Ebert. I know we only gave it one star and that's okay. This is a brilliant review. It was so brutal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is fantastic. And yet for some reason the the cinema score only has it at an A minus. It's exactly what you would it says on the tin. It's going to be Armageddon. Yeah, but you know they still factor in if they liked it or not. Uh, you know, I like, guess. It gave me what I wanted, but it didn't do it well. <laughs> Rotten Tomato Critics have it at a 43%, which is a 5.3 out of 10. And the audience have it at a 73%, which is a 7.6 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's all That's all exactly where I thought it would be. Yeah, of course the audience are going to like it more. It's a dumb popcorn disaster movie. movie. Yeah, it's a yeah. dumb popcorn movie. It's perfect for the general audience. Okay, can we go back to Ebert real quick? Yeah. So, one star. By far the lowest movie we've ever covered on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And yet, it's a beloved movie. Oh, yeah. But it got me going down a little bit of a rabbit hole with Roger Ebert. And I was like, this has got to be one of the lowest rated reviews he's ever given. For, like, a big movie that people enjoyed. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't. He gave something a half a star? He gave something zero stars. It literally was just a thumbs down. No stars. Wow. And it was the movie Freddy Got Fingered. Do you know that movie? No. With, I think it was, what's that guy's name? Green was his last name. He had the Bum Is On My Lips song. No idea. Uh, CeeLo Green? No, CeeLo Green was like the the Fuck You song. Oh. Uh, Tom Green. Tom Green. Oh, okay. He was even married to Drew Barrymore for a little bit. Not sure how he pulled that one off. He was definitely way out of his league on that one (laughs) so it's a really terrible movie he gave it a thumbs down no stars but this is the quote i pulled from that movie because i was like the quote for armageddon is one of the worst quotes you could pull from ebert like Mm -hmm. one of the meanest things and that's what sent me down this rabbit hole this is my favorite ebert quote about a movie of all time you ready for this i'm ready quote the movie doesn't scrape the bottom of the barrel This movie isn't the bottom of the barrel. This movie isn't below the bottom of the barrel. This movie doesn't deserve to be mentioned in the same sentence with barrels. (laughs) That is amazing. (laughs) Holy shit. That is... You can't even be mentioned with with, the barrels at all. With barrels. Just... It doesn't matter what barrel. Just don't mention it with barrels. Holy shit. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. This is the Ebert that I love. Where it's just like... Your movie sucks, period. And I'm going to destroy it. The sass is so real. So good. And I'm so here for it. So here for it. 
I would love a book of just the meanest Ebert reviews of all time. So it just sent me down a rabbit hole and I just needed to go look. And that was the one I found. I think that's the meanest review I've ever read from Ebert. But interesting note about Roger Ebert. In 1998, he gave another disaster movie two and a half stars. And that movie was called Deep Impact. That Deep Impact came out May 8th of 1998 mm-hmm. do you know that movie i've heard of it yes. do you know anything about that movie that it's the same exact movie basically a comet is heading for a co- collision course with earth and astronauts must drill into the comet to save the planet same movie it's one of those things where they were being filmed at the same time so it's not like one ripped off the other they literally were made concurrently but somehow came up with the same story that that movie actually made $140.5 million. Can you believe that? Two disaster movies. May and Armageddon came out July 1st. So within two months, you had two asteroid slash comet Armageddon style movies. And they both did phenomenally well. Which is crazy that this one came out second and somehow did better. Bigger stars. Mm. I mean, like the big star, one of the big stars in Deep Impact was Tia Leone. Do you even know who that is? No. Exactly. But you put Bruce Willis in a movie, people are lining up for it in 1998. But it's just crazy. Two disaster movies starring celestial bodies. Impacting with Earth. Impacting Earth together made about $350 million within two months. Yeah, that is impressive. It's in. Audiences in 98 just wanted to see some shit get blown up, apparently. Well, yeah, explosions, but in space. Just kill Earth. We're here for it. 2023, still here for it. Oh, yeah. All right, so the director of this movie was Michael Bay. And I just got to say this right up front. Fuck this guy. (laughs) I hate Michael Bay. (laughs) I think he's one of the worst directors that has ever existed. I think he's a wonderful pyrotechnics master. But he should probably be at like some town somewhere doing their 4th of July fireworks show, not making multi-million dollar blockbuster movies. Yeah, his directing ability is not great. You mean the, you mean the ability he doesn't have? Yeah. This dude cannot direct. He cannot t- tell a coherent story. He has no idea how to shoot scenes to actually get people invested in them. Mm-hmm. He shoots dialogue like it's action mm-hmm. and not in a good way. It is, he is the worst working director that people still hand money to. And his movies still make money. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy some of his movies, but it's usually not because of anything he did. (laughs) It's usually because the actors are phenomenal or the writing was great or no, that that's about it. Just those two things. (laughs) I hate this guy. Hate's a strong word. I've never met him and I thank my lucky stars for that. Not a fan. I've been on exactly one set that he was involved in, and we did what was called the Michael Bay workout, which is just run. Yeah, and he probably wasn't even there that day. Probably wasn't there that day. Because you were an extra running across a bridge. That was definitely just second unit. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, Mark Wahlberg was there, but... Yeah. For like 30 seconds of it. (laughs) All right, let's just... Yeah. I won't talk about him anymore. Let's get into the movie. Let's do writers first. Oh, writers. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Interesting writer here. Jonah Hensley wrote this movie. He also wrote the third Die Hard movie, Jumanji, with Robin Williams, and The Punisher, with Thomas Jane. 
which I thought was a pretty good adaptation of that character. But here's the here's the interesting one. The other credited writer, one of the other credited writers. I was going to say, wasn't there seven or something nine. like that? Nine. Nine total writers, only five were credited, but they were all credited in different ways, so they didn't overlap. But the actual screenplay credit went to two people. Jonathan Hensley, which I just talked about. And the other one, J.J. Abrams. Wow. Who wrote movies like Joyride with Paul Walker. Love that movie. Mission Impossible 3. He created the TV show Lost. He wrote Super 8. He created the TV show Fringe, which was amazing for the first two seasons. And then he wrote Star Wars 7 and 9. And obviously he's directed a ton of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, he's known as a writer as well. So that was those two. There was one guy who was credited with story by outside of J.J. Abrams. There were two adaptation credits. <laughs> Not even sure what the that is. They came in and uh, rewrote like one word. But adapted what? What did you adapt? Why is there an adaptation credit? Did you yeah. adapt the first screenplay into a new screenplay? Like that I could have. It's so dumb. And then there were five or there were four more additional people who went uncredited. Nine people wrote this movie and it's still utter trash. That could be why it's utter trash. <sighs> no, it's utter trash because Michael Bay worked on it. <laughs> <laughs> we're on a war path. War, war path. All right. But now we can get into this into this movie. I completely forgot the opening with this whole like dinosaur explanation thing <laughs> about how like they got blown up by an asteroid and stuff. I forgot that was even part of this movie. Dude, I also forgot about the astronauts in space getting blown up first thing. So this is a two and a half hour movie. Mm-hmm. I think I only ever think about like the last hour of this movie when I think of this movie. I think about the last hour and a half because I think about their training and then them going up. Yeah, so like the last hour. <laughs> it's fine. They spend like a whole hour in space, okay? <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I completely forgot about that and the opening explosion. Then we go right into like city destruction. Yeah. Which is insane. What like, are we doing? Like, this thing is still 18 days away, and yet they had enough to just hit one city. But not even just that. Just, like, can we breathe for five seconds in this movie? We just heard about how the dinosaurs were extinct from uh, Armageddon event. Mm -hmm. And then we watch a bunch of asteroid, asteroids, astronauts get blown up. And then we immediately watch New York City get hellfire rained down upon it. I need a moment. What are we doing? Why are we just rushing this so much? I feel like that moment was given to the one dude with his telescope because he can definitely see what NASA can't. Well, yeah, but that wasn't even like a moment to breathe, though, because that dude is so high energy. He is. Yelling at his wife and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I just needed a moment. And even when we get to NASA, who's calling the president to be like, we know about this asteroid, it's still just going. I mean, most of this movie is just going. It's just, you're right. It is. From start to finish, there is no time, no downtime in this movie. There is always something big happening. Mm -hmm. The only downtime we really get is like them at the oil rig. But even that isn't no, all that down. he's running around shooting him with a gun and stuff. That's fair. I, can, I, I know it. I know the one scene we get downtime. Hmm. The animal crackers that Ben Affleck <laughs> walks across with <laughs> Tyler's stomach for some reason. Wait, you don't think uh, that's the down Bruce moment. Willis hitting golf balls? No. Off the ring? No, is that at a down protesters? Is that a down moment? I don't know. I love that moment. 
that moment cracks me up. I love how he's just like, I donate 50 grand a year to you guys. Like, what? What are you talking about? You're the people that they're protesting and you're giving them money to protest you. But then I also like how he asks, hey, how much uh, oil does that boat you're on use? Yeah. <laughs> like, you guys look dumb as hell right now. Such a Michael Bayism. <laughs> okay. What's your first, like, big moment that you remember before watching the movie? What's the first big moment you remember? The training. Literally. Really, all yeah. the way to the training. Okay, no. I do remember uh, the, like, jumping around, to being shot at uh, on the oil rig. Yeah. That's the first moment I really remember, too. I, I remember NASA telling the president the size of this asteroid is the size of Texas, and it's going to be an extinction-level event, and everybody's going to die. I kind of remember that, mm -hmm. but the first thing I remember is the, the shotgun and just in my head going, dude, this is your oil rig. Why are you destroying it? Not only that, but you know, you have oil everywhere. You yeah. want to you know, set it on fire? Yeah. this Fire is... on oil rigs is bad plan. Such a weird moment, right? Yeah. I just don't get it. And like, for what? You're not actually going to kill this guy. No. So you're just wasting ammo, putting everybody else in danger, and you look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a great introduction to the characters either. No, like, you can get that he's protective of his daughter in, like, other ways. Yeah. I do like when he busts in, though, and catches them in bed. Yeah. I love when he pulls the, the he, like, says grace and she pulls the covers down. And it's all, it's just such a weird, good moment. <laughs> I don't know why. But it also, like, Bruce Willis in this moment as Harry, the guy we're going to follow through this whole movie, the oil driller, mm -hmm. he's so good in this moment. I mean, he's pretty good in this role. He is. He's really good in this role. But he has, like, these outstanding moments, and I think this is one. I love when he's yelling at AJ, played by Ben Affleck, and he's like, what are the five words you got to say to me right now? Right now, I need to hear five words from you. Uh, I'll... Never do that again. I'm a fool. That was idiotic. Like, for some reason, for me, I'm just like, damn, I am so drawn into Bruce Willis right now. Not only that, but he's like, okay, something's up. You've never apologized that quickly to me before. Yeah. Like, he just, you can tell he knew something was up the minute he barged in that room. Yeah. I don't, yeah, Bruce Willis just kills it in this scene. He's so good in this movie. What's the next thing you remember? Basically them... Just going to training now? Going to training, yeah. Yeah, so... so one thing that I don't care for a lot is the jumping back and forth between NASA and this oil rig. Okay. Like, I would have much rather had it be that they they figure out what they're going to do work when it comes to NASA, and then we get introduced to all the drillers. Like, yeah. I don't think we needed the back and forth at this moment. I think it unnecessarily complicates the story. And the, you know, cutting back and forth is a lot of cuts in an already choppy movie. Oh, that, that comes up in my research later. We're, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, I agree with you. The cutting back and forth doesn't work. I think if you would have just focused on one thing, went to the next thing, and then merged those two things together, it would have been a lot easier to follow, mm -hmm. a lot easier to manage. But, you know... Michael Bay. But yeah, so the, they have to go get oil drillers to teach. And who are they going to get? The one oil driller that apparently everybody knows and says is the best of all time. How, you, how, how well known do you have to be in this very interesting community? Yeah, I was going to say that's a thing. They're at least calling, I would hope anyway, people in the drilling community. And they all pointed Harry to say he's the best. But here's here's my problem. 
NASA calls you to be like, we have a problem. We're looking for a great oil driller. If you're an oil driller of any kind, don't you want to kind of throw your name in the ring for that? Probably. Don't you want to like try? Why is everybody pointing at Harry? Because he has as much experience on different things. But like... Who cares? None of them got the information of why they were being called. Right? Like, who knows? Because it is so top secret that no one is allowed to know that this thing is happening. Yeah. To I'm just not saying, cause mass panic. If NASA calls me and says, hey, we're looking for the world's best whatever, you're damn right I'm going to be like, I'm the world's best whatever. Let's do this. <laughs> I'm not pointing to somebody else. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. It's weird. Nobody wanted that. Nobody wanted the gig. Maybe I mean, not. maybe they probably didn't by the end. But <laughs> at the beginning, they should have. So he goes, he realizes that Harry, Harry gets picked up. He gets told what's happening. He has to train these astronauts how to drill. Realizes they're all a bunch of dipshits for reasons. Because apparently some of the smartest people in the world can't learn how to work a drill. Well, he gets that idea just because they don't know how to set up his drill. The drill that he made for some reason that they have the so teach schematics them. for. They set up this drill before he even gets there. And then he walks in. He's like, you guys set it all up wrong. I'll take over. I need my guys. It's because they had like eight months and they still got it wrong. Yeah, but now they have him. True. I could teach, I can teach you how to do something I know perfectly in like two days. He couldn't teach them how to do it. Probably a lot faster than training these dudes to go to space. It's because you got to have a feel for it, man. You got to know the dirt. So he's got to put his whole team together because that's the only way he's going to get it done. So we get a nice little like, superhero team build moment Mm -hmm. where like every character gets introduced and it's such a cool moment but i hate this moment why because he's been gone for like a day and somehow all these people are spread out so far well you know yeah and they just struck oil why are they not you know getting that oil well because he had to shut it down he shuts it down or whatever it makes no sense that's what i'm saying the story is dumb as hell in this movie but Finding them is all, is a fun ride. It's so fun. Just the, like, way we introduce everybody. Mm-hmm. Rockhound, oh, we call him that because he's horny. So you got to go look for all the titty bars. He's probably going to be at one. Uh, Chick, he loves gambling. You'll find him. It's such like a, you hate it, but Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. When they introduce everybody. I wish this movie would have done that. And put the names of the characters with some t- statistics about them. So, question. Could we have just started here? What do you mean? Where? Where do, exactly? Do we even need to see the oil rig beforehand? No, because we never go back to it. So who cares? So we could have been just introduced to all these characters now. We literally could have started with NASA just saying, asteroids coming. We got to get an oil. We got to get an expert in here. Harry, they find him. They talk to him. He gets his team together. Boom, bam. Whole beginning of this movie's five like minutes long. A half hour at least off of this movie. Easily. Yeah, I agree. You probably could have started somewhere around here with about three minutes of setup beforehand. But I like you put I like them putting the team together. It's oh, a lot yeah. of fun. It is a lot of fun. I love Bear literally driving away from the cops. Yeah. <laughs> and blowing through an FBI like a uh, barricade. Oh yeah. Bear's the best. Oh, Everybody's yeah. the best. Oh, it's so good. 
But yeah, so he gets his home team together. He explains it to them. I like that they he gives them the option. Listen, you don't have to go up there. You can just sit here and wait to die. Or we can go up there and whoop this asteroid's ass. It's a nice thing to like let them have the acceptance moment mm-hmm. rather than like forcing it upon them. Yeah. Kind of wish someone would have been like, yeah, you know what? I'm good. Yeah, who though? No idea. Max? Fat yeah. Mama's boy? Yeah, but we need him for cannon fodder later. The the last cannon fodder? Second to last. Who's, who's last? The uh, uh, munitions specialist. Oh, yeah, yeah, munitions specialist. Whose I name that, I completely forgot. Cares? Forgot that guy existed. Who cares? Um, Starts with a C. That's all I remember. Yeah, so... They all agree, and they got to start training. You're right. The training is cool. Oh, yeah. I like the underwater training. I absolutely love that we get to know these people's characteristics and everything, and they're just all, like, so funny. Oh, my God. I love when they're going through the uh, questionnaire. They're sitting in the room with, like, the doc who's talking to them. It's just such a funny moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But then they got to go through, and they get their suits, and they get to see the very first ever weird spacecraft that they're going to go up in. That's definitely just a, you know, uh, airplane. Pl- airplane. It's an airplane. made for space. Yeah, airplane with rockets. Okay. That seems like it would never work. <laughs> <laughs> this movie doesn't know how to science, and that's A-okay. Yep. I like the underwater training part. That's really fun. Mm-hmm. I like the questionnaire. I, w- I would want to try all of that. I like the physical part. I love when Bear gets up on the table and just rips off his hospital gown and just starts dancing. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why he does it. No idea. D- does he know why he does it? No. But I mean, if I look like Michael Clark Duncan, I probably would rip off my hospital gown all the time too. Well, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah. That's a good looking man. Mm-hmm. Good looking man who's a great actor. And, oh wow! Needed more lines in this movie because I just want him to talk to me at all times. Well, yeah, but this was his first ever big role. Really? He had only done like small TV parts before this. This was his first movie. Give him more of a part. Put him in everything. Yes. Yes. You ever seen Green Mile? I have not. I've uh, kind of avoided it because I heard it was sad. Well, yeah, of course it's sad, but he's brilliant in it. Well, I don't doubt. Brilliant. Man deserved an Oscar. One moment I forgot to talk about before we get to the training. When all the guys agree to do it, mm-hmm. and Harry has to read the demands <laughs> to, to, um, God, what is his name? The, the Truman. Uh, Dan Tr- Truman. Truman. Yeah, you're right. Dan Truman. When he has to read it all to him. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I love this part because it's like <laughs> the dumbest demands of all time. It's so funny. It's so funny. I'm like, okay, what, what would be your demand? I honestly have no idea. Um, I want to see the Book of Secrets. Ooh. Yeah. I learned it from National Treasure, too, that it exists. <laughs> so I want to see it. <laughs> I want to be able to read that. Yeah. Can I have a copy? Can you just photo- Can you just Xerox that for me? Yeah. Yeah. I-, I promise Scout's Honor that I won't release it unless it's, you know, heinous, but, you know. Oh, no, no, no. I want a Xerox copy. I'm going to publish this. <laughs> And you can't do shit about it. The best thing you can do is probably just claim it's fiction. Yeah. Woohoo. All right. What's your demand? I honestly 
don't know. Um, maybe Area 51? Ooh, yeah, that's good. I want to see, if see all the exist. alien tech. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, that's so good. Okay. Now I'm stuck. Now I don't know if I want to see the alien <laughs> tech or the book of series. Book of series probably has. Has the aliens in it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Damn, that's so good. Hey, if you ask for the book of secrets, I'll ask for Area 51. We can go have this, <laughs> you know? Okay. You have to. Oh, you know what? Here's the demand. Hmm. You have to release Area 51 to the public. Ooh. Just let everybody see it. Fuck it. Let's just let's just burn it all to the ground. All right. Let's go see all those people who. You remember a couple Naruto years ago? Naruto ran yeah, into. People were petitioning. Like, let's go overpower them. And some people actually showed up. Like seven people showed up. Yeah. Yeah. I should have went <laughs> just to make fun <laughs> of those people. How that was so dumb. The Why is Naruto the running so stupid sometimes kills me every time. All right, back to this movie. <laughs> I feel like this is this is how the pod has to go because this is how the movie goes. Oh yeah, no, it just veers off into yeah, left field every once in a while. Who cares? So they train. They get to meet the ship. Meet the ship <laughs> like, a, like shaking hands with it. <laughs> Pleased to meet you. I'm ship. <laughs> Hello, ship. <laughs> I'm Harry. I'm gonna be flying in you later. Yeah. <laughs> what am I even talking about anymore? So, they meet the uh, astronauts they're going to be going up with, and that's it. They train. Now we got to go to space, and we got to blow up this rocket. This rocket. We gotta, we're not going to blow up the rocket. Man, I'm all over the place in this one. We're not going to blow up the rocket. We're going to blow up the asteroid with a nuclear bomb after we drill 800 feet into it. But first... We need to stop by the Russian space station to refuel. Oh, you always got to refuel. Oh, yeah. It's like one of the main things being an astronaut is just refuel. And why not have it be the Russian space station so we can get Peter Stormare? Who's not even Russian. Is he Russian? I don't he think might so. Be. I don't know. First time I saw this movie, I swore he was Russian. He plays I, a Russian very well. I saw him in something else after this, and I can't remember what it was. And I was like, what the? F- Who is this? I was introduced to him from the video game Until Dawn. Yeah, because he plays the psychiatrist in that one. Yeah. That's a good game. Oh, yeah. He's good in it. Oh, he's good in everything. True. During all their training, though, we find out that Ben Affleck's character, AJ, is in love with Liv Tyler's character, Grace, who is Harry's daughter, but not his daughter. It's his daughter. She doesn't call him dad, so was he missing for half her life and she resented him for some reason? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's complicated because, it, like, their whole beef is that he was dragging her from rig to rig and her mom left. Yeah, but you still would call him dad if he's been around your whole life. Like, you'd be, you'd be like, that's my dad. Yeah. Not that's Harry. Is it a stepdad? Is it, what? what is going on here? It's an actual dad that she's just pissed at. Still weird. Very. It doesn't make any sense. Very. I would have really rathered it come back around towards the end of the movie where she calls him dad. She does. She, she does? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, for some reason, in my head, I'm like, Harry. <laughs> Still. <laughs> Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong <laughs> Harry, okay? <laughs> Hello, Potter. <laughs> it would have been a lot better if they had magic in this movie. Uh, my father will hear about this. <laughs> This this pod is taking a whole weird left turn here. Let's get back on track. So they have to train. He puts together his whole team. And I feel like this is a really good moment to talk about the cast. Sure. Okay. Because 
everybody's been introduced to this point. So instead of talking about the cast in one whole big category, I broke it into two. Mm. The people who I thought were good in this movie and the people I thought who were not good in this movie. Okay, I'm really interested to see where it gets broken down. Which one would you like to talk about first? The good or the bad? Uh, Let's go with the bad. With the bad. Do you want to start at the top level bad or the bottom level of bad? Uh, well, we, we, does it mean it, the worst of the worst or the not as the most, bad? The most famous bad and the least famous bad. Uh, Least famous bad. Up to the most famous bad? Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. Keith David as General Kimsey, who's the uh, black Air Force man, guy that's there and who's always just like, I have to listen to the president at all times. This is the bad choice, but we gotta do it. He's not good in this movie. Yeah, but that character is nothing. No, either, it's a, so it's an un, it's a forgettable character. But like, you have Keith David and you turn him into garbage. Mm-hmm. It's Keith David. This man should like have had moments in this movie where you're just like, <gasps> this is why you hire Keith David, and they just never gave him anything. He just existed. It was weird. It was weird. Next up, we have Jessica Steen. As Jennifer Watts, the co-pilot, who disappears for the entire back half of the movie until... So forgettable. Until all of a sudden the electronics need to be fixed. She just disappears. She doesn't even help with that. She has like one good moment, and we'll talk about it in a little bit. Next up is Ken Hudson Campbell, who plays Max, the fat mama's boy. Again, so forgettable. Yeah, who cares? Mm -hmm. When he floats off into space, I was like... Bye. Slow clap. <laughs> Owen Wilson. Aw. As Oscar, the he, cowboy. He also just had nothing to work with. Yeah, he wasn't really well known at the time, but, you know, he became well known. And now you watch this movie and you're like, holy shit, that's Owen Wilson. And then he dies. And you're like, oh, okay. Oh, oh okay. Great. Uh, Liv Tyler as Grace, the love interest. Yeah. She's not a great actress, but I've seen her be a lot better in other things. Oh, yeah. And the last one under the bad acting category, Ben Affleck as AJ. (laughs) He is so bad in this movie. It is laughable. Every word that comes out of his mouth. You can tell he did not want to be in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh... Yeah, he had like the smirk that wasn't even shit-eating like the character is supposed to be. It was yeah. just like, I'm no, I know I'm in a dumb movie. Oh, the grin on his face the entire time was, I am reading these lines as bad as possible, but that check still cashed. Mm-hmm. It's, he's so fucking bad in this. And if you ever get the chance, I highly advise listening to the commentary tracks that come along with this movie because he does nothing but shit on the movie the entire time he's talking. I can't remember a single good thing he says during his entire commentary track. Now, I feel like I have to go watch the entire two hour and 30 minute movie again just to hear his commentary. You have to. It's so good. He just shits on it left and right. It's the funniest thing. The best thing. <laughs> Is fact, anyone there to like t- say uh, no. good things? Uh, I mean, uh, Michael Bay has some commentary. Not that anything he says ever matters, but he's there. Yeah. He exists. Um, it's He does better acting in the commentary than he does in the movie. <laughs> All right. Let's go into the good acting. Mm-hmm. Peter Stormare as oh, Lev, 
the oh, Russian good. cosmonaut. So good. My favorite character. He breathes well, one of. He breathes life back into the movie. The movie mm-hmm. kind of is stalling out. Like you're kind of like, okay, let's just get going. Let's go. I'm I'm a little bored. And then he shows up and you're like, I'm I'm back. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's finish this. What kind of shenanigans can we get in now? Yeah. yeah. Love him. Michael Clark Duncan is Bear. Always. Yeah. A treasure. Oh, absolutely. Sadly, he's no longer with us. And it was Don't a very, remind me. It was a very sad day in Hollywood. Uh, William Fickner as Willie, Willie, Willie Sharp. Jeez, couldn't say it. Willie Sharp, who's the NASA pilot. I love him late, late. so much whenever I see him. He's a huge that guy. Mm-hmm. He shows up in a ton of stuff, and I'm always like, oh, who are you? And then I finally started remembering his name when he was in the dark Knight, oh, as the bank yeah. manager in the beginning that joker puts a, a grenade in his mouth oh yeah yeah it's him it's william fickner now and I after know. that i'm like you're you will always be william fickner now fair enough he's great in this movie okay will Patton as chick the gambling deadbeat dad Mm-hmm. he's he, good in this eh. he's got to be that like level-headed guy who's got a little bit of something wrong with him Mm -hmm. but he's so loyal to harry and that's hard to play yeah it's hard to play that level of loyalty while still giving some dimension to the character fair and that's why he goes in the good category uh steve buscemi as rockhound so good he's my favorite part of this whole movie yeah like everything that comes out of his mouth i'm like this is amazing this man should have been the lead of the movie. Can we just follow him mm-hmm. the whole time? I don't care about anybody else. Mm-hmm. And Steve Buscemi, though, he's one of those actors that, because of the way he looks, I don't think he gets enough love. Mm. Because he's not, like, regularly attractive. But this man can act circles around almost every other person in this movie. And this is a stacked cast. Oh, yeah. There's multiple Oscar winners. Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck, all Oscar winners. Like, come on. Oscar nominees are in this movie too. And Steve Buscemi is acting circles around every single one of them. It's amazing. 100%. Amazing. Two two left. Billy Bob Thornton is Dan Thurman. Truman. Dan Truman. The NASA guy. Yeah. I had to put him in the good part because he made me believe that he was smart. That's fair. And I don't think Billy Bob Thornton is smart. (laughs) I've seen interviews with the man. I've seen him speak. I don't think he's smart, but this movie made me think he was smart. So he did a pretty good job. Funny part is he absolutely despises his acting in this movie. Thinks it's the worst of his career. Hmm. Probably because he had to be a straight man and not crazy. Because the dude plays crazy really well. It's all he knows how to do. Well, apparently he played straight man well enough. Yeah, well enough. Final one is obvious, right? Bruce Willis. (laughs) Yeah. As Harry. It's his movie, and you know it's his movie. I mean, I don't think this movie works without him. No. I think he's one of the few people in this movie you cannot replace with anybody else without completely changing the movie Mm -hmm. and making it drastically worse. Yeah, yeah. So, that's everybody. Agree, disagree? With the good, bad? Would you move anybody around? I, I don't think Chick is as good as you think, but I understand your reasoning why you put him up there. Okay. But I, I pretty much agree. I mean, I'm pretty much 
like not even doing it on purpose, but I pretty much broke them down the middle. There's seven good and six bad. Yeah. Out of the main people. And I could have added a few more people in here that have small roles, but I just didn't think it was worth it. So, yeah, that's what I got. All right. Back to the movie. Mm-hmm. They get to Lev to pick him up because for some reason he also needs to come to the asteroid with them. He doesn't need to. Oh, no, everything goes wrong. That's yeah, right. they destroy his space station. Oh, yeah. I because really... he's not paying attention because they're touching his stuff, which he told them not to do. I completely forgot that this action scene happens because it's dumb. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they it, more explosions in space. Now, the reason why it's in, I think, is good. But the action and everything itself is dumb. The reason to get him onto the mission? No. So they put in this scene. J.J. Abrams was talking about this in an interview one time. They put in this scene at the Russian space station, the Mir station, and blew it all up. And everybody sur- survives it so that it would be more of a shock when not everybody survives the asteroid. Hmm. They thought maybe they would trick the audience into going, this is a feel-good movie. Yeah, this is just a feel-good movie. And then when the ending hits, it would have more impact. Mm. And I'm like, that's a really good reason. It's just a really bad scene. Yeah. It it's not great at all how they go about it. The fact that you have Lev be the only person hanging back to get AJ out of the fueling area. Yeah, what does he owe him? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Weird. So weird. weird. So yeah, they blow that up. They get him though. And now the two ships have to slingshot around the moon to land on the asteroid. But Mm -hmm. one of them doesn't make it. Oh, shocked face. (laughs) They they hit turbulence. (laughs) Please put your trays in the upright position. We are entering turbulence. Also, probably should just have your helmet on. Because you're in space. Well, not inside they, the not They inside the switch ship. uniforms from getting up into space to getting into the Russian space station to then being on the mission. It's just like... The the mission and the space station are the same ones, but it's just like, why why are you doing a costume change? Uh, Sell more toys. Um, was it, Were there any toys for this one? I'm 100% positive there was. <laughs> 100% positive. They made action figures for Armageddon. Mm. So one of them does. They they get hit by... They lose control. Because they get spaceship. hit by debris. Correct. And it sends them into more debris. Mm-hmm. And the two NASA astronauts that are piloting the ship convince um, Ben Affleck and Michael Clark Duncan and whoever the hell else... Led. Peter Stormare. Yeah. Is that it that's on that ship? Because that, that's only five, and I'm pretty sure there should be seven on there, and I can't... Oh, Owen Wilson. Yes. And maybe one other person. Can't remember right now. The other um, munitions. Yeah. No, I already counted them, too. No, because there's two pilots and one munition. Oh, yeah. So there's three astronauts and then the four other people. Yeah. So the two pilots convince everybody else to save themselves. How? Your guess is as good as mine. They... They tell him to go down into the bay, but it feels like they, like, AJ leaves his thing because he, his helmet flies away, and I don't know why everyone else does. 
it makes no sense. Just so they could kill people. Yeah, because they definitely kill Owen Wilson's character. They, they kill everybody except for Lev, Bear, and AJ. Mm-hmm. Those are the only three out of the seven that are on that ship. Six or seven. Yeah. That survive. I don't even think Bear made it into the uh, cargo hold. Yeah, but you don't kill, kill Michael Clark Duncan, so it doesn't matter. It's fair. Dude could have literally just floated in space and he would have survived. Because <laughs> that's just, that's how you do it. You don't. He would have been Star-Lord? Yeah, he would have just flew himself over there. Or Leia. He would have used the power of his muscles to just pull <laughs> the asteroid to him. <laughs> I would 100% watch that movie, though. Yep. So, canon. <laughs> in my head, canon. That's yep. how they survived. He just mm. pulled them through it. With he pulled muscles. the asteroid back to him. Yeah. Giving them that extra minute they needed to <laughs> do everything that they needed to do. Yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. We just wrote a better movie. (laughs) (laughs) So they survive. Ship crashes. Nowhere near where they needed to land. Everybody else dies. Boo-hoo, I guess. And now they need to figure out how to find Harry and his team who didn't land where they were supposed to. Yeah, not at all. They overshot it by 26 miles, according to Rockhound, who's a certified genius. Which... One of my favorite details in this whole movie. This was a question of mine until like it comes back later. I was like, was he lying when he said he was a genius that he had all these degrees and everything? No, he was not. <laughs> Dude is literally just a genius, but he likes drilling oil because they let him play with explosives. There you go. Who can blame him? Yeah. So now they got to find this other crew who didn't even land where they're supposed to land. But that crew starts drilling so that they can try to get this nuclear weapon in there. Problem is they're on a part of the asteroid that's like harder than steel. It's iron. It's an iron deposit. Mm. It's entirely iron. You cannot, you're not drilling through it. So they have to find a different spot. I thought, they were, I thought they just drilled right there. Oh, did they? Yeah. Jesus. That's why they go through a uh, drill head within the first 10 feet. Yeah, it's ridiculous. This movie makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Dude, you're already trying to drill on an asteroid to blow it up before it hits the Earth. We didn't need all this extra shit. Mm-hmm. There was I, enough stakes. I definitely thought so, too. I was like, they didn't need half of the inconveniences that they get in this movie to no. make it still action-packed. Yeah. And this is why it's two and a half hours long. Yeah. So, they start drilling. Everything's going fine. Rockhound is slowly going insane. Which is just awesome. Is he going insane or is he just living life knowing that he was going to die? No, he's totally got, he's going insane. (laughs) As they call it, space dementia. Space space dementia. (laughs) Like, really? Space dementia? Of all the things, like, you could have gone with, like, space psychosis or something like that. No, space dementia. So, do you think the TV show Futurama watched this show and they were like it's so funny let's just steal some of the stuff from this and yes. put it in our show yes okay because pretty sure they have an episode about space dementia <laughs> and i was like oh my god this is amazing god i love futurama so good a much better space show than this movie oh yeah and it's ridiculous so they have to drill he goes crazy The president realizes that they've lost communications. They have no idea what's happening. So he's like, just arm the nuke and blow them up. Screw it. On the surface, yeah. Yeah, it's on the surface. Hopefully we can at least divert the the asteroid, do something Mm -hmm. to save Earth. Just blow it up. So again, 
something we did not need. We're already on an asteroid trying to drill 800 feet to drop a nuke to blow it up so the Earth doesn't die. We didn't need this whole remote detonation crap. Also, why do, why do movies do this? Why are there always timers on bombs giving them time to defuse it? If you're remote detonating a bomb, just blow it the hell up. Why, did, why was there a timer? Why did you put your little code in and it gave them time to disarm it? You know, reasons. Mm-hmm. Yep, reasons. <laughs> just, just blow it up. They're all dead. It's fine. The rest of this movie is, is yeah, The Earth gets destroyed anyway. Oh, yeah. Most likely. So they have to drill, but the problem is they break their drill when they hit a gas deposit and it, the drill shoots back and Max, who was driving it, gets yeeted off into space. Bye, Max. Good luck, buddy. Bye. <laughs> Nobody cares. They're like, no. Well, Bruce Willis does a very good, uh, no. That's true. <laughs> it's, it's really it's really good. But he, he he's off and they're like, oh, shit, there goes our drill. Like, we're done for. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, just kidding. Because the other drill, the armadillo that was with Ben Affleck and his crew, they piloted all the way and found them. Okay, this is ridiculous. Why in the heck does the armadillo have a machine gun on it? Michael Bay. Like, were they expecting aliens to be on this asteroid? You can never know. You can never be too prepared. What if there was, Emily? What if there was? Question. Would this movie have been better with aliens on the asteroid? Oh my god, wait. Oh no, this came out afterwards. Damn it. Hmm. This could have been a prequel to Independence Day. This is how the aliens found her. Oh, so this came, this came out before Independence Day? No, this came out after. Oh. <laughs> so it wouldn't make any sense. I have another question that involves Independence Day, so I'll get oh, we'll there. We'll get there in questions. I got one, too. I got two <laughs> of them, actually. Also, yeah. they had to, you know, evil Knievel the armadillo there because they had to jump over a cliff. <laughs> okay, so when I was watching that scene this time, the first thing that ran through my head was the Simpsons. <laughs> Homer trying to Gonna jump the it. gorge. <laughs> yeah. Make it halfway and then just falls. Yep. I, I was watching it. I was like, you're just going to fall halfway. I've seen this before. <laughs> Simpsons did it. I, and I was thinking completely opposite thing of, I've seen gravity. I know it's just going to go flaw, float off into space. <laughs> but let's I be mean, real. Le- uh, Lev does not survive this no. this adventure. No. This is all a fever dream by somebody because of the weird shit that happens in this movie. <laughs> They're like, dude, okay, Peter Stormare is uh, crushing this role. We can't have him die here. Just uh, show him rolling. Yeah, he rolled. He's fine. It, it's fine. It's and fine. then he can just get back in and they can keep going. Yep. They miraculously find Harry and his team. They were following the- a dot. At the exact moment, or like right after that, Max flew off in their armadillo, mm-hmm. they show up to save the day. They finish drilling, drop the bomb in. Oh, man. They're screwed, though. The bomb doesn't want to detonate, like well, remote detonate. Well, they had to cut the, they had to cut all the wires and stuff, and then it got banged around and all this stuff. The bomb's broken. So somebody's going to have to stay behind and blow it up. Let's draw straws. It's a good moment, though. It is. It's like a great moment. In that the- literally everyone is like, I can't go home without volunteering for this. Yeah. And even Rockhound, who, with his space dementia, has been 
duct tape to a chair to keep him from going more crazy. Volunteers. Dude, I question why they don't just let him do it besides the fact that he's kind of going crazy but he's like i really want to do this like can i can i do it guys please yeah but so does lev way i will let you volunteer for this so i can go back to my home country like the man who didn't volunteer no way so like everybody has a reason to do it so it makes sense that they don't just like pick one it's not just like volunteering it's he just wants to do it he wants a front row seat to the end of the world he did. He found a good spot. Yeah, he did. Um, it's a cool moment. I like when they all draw straws. Mm-hmm. And I like the subversion. Because AJ is the one who draws the shortest straw. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have to sacrifice himself. And he, he puts on a brave face. Yeah, it's fantastic. And he and Harry's like, all right, I'll walk him outside. I'll get him all situated and everything. And then I'll come back in and we'll take off. Mm-hmm. Why? Oh, because, you know, he's plotting. Yeah, but, like, who was like, that's a good idea, go with him? Does AJ not know what the hell he's doing? It's more so like, I'm going to say goodbye. I mean, this person's going to be, you know, sacrificing themselves for the entirety of humanity. I think it's okay that someone sees them off and goes, "Here, here's a hug, thanks. Here's a hug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good so job, pal. They Pat both go the outside the ship. And, oh, just kidding. Harry pulls his oxygen cord, shoves him back into the elevator, and is like, I got this. I'm sacrificing myself. Good. Bruce Willis, bravo. Mm-hmm. What a moment for him. This oh, is so fantastic. Good. Take care of my little girl. Yeah. This is my job! You go take care of my little girl now. That's your job. Ah. Uh. Especially at, like, this is that whole story that you were talking about that most uh, disaster movies is missing. Is This is the whole thing that they've been gearing towards is AJ versus um, Harry about Grace. Not that, even just about Grace, about everything. Yeah. AJ always thinks he knows what he's doing and Harry always says, no, you have to listen to me. I'm older, I'm smarter, I'm wiser, I've been doing this longer. But Harry's the new gen, or AJ's the new generation who thinks he's always right. Mm-hmm. It wants to push the envelope a little bit, and this is the butting of heads of that. This is the coming. This is the crux of that rivalry they have, I guess. Even though it's like a familial rivalry, yeah. this is the crux of it. This is it coming together. I mean, it kind of kind of pulls on the heartstrings when he's like, "I always thought of you as a son." Yeah, and then Bruce Willis crushes it even further when he gets on camera to say goodbye to Grace, who's back at Mission Control, and he does this wonderful speech where he thanks every single dude and what it, what he meant to them, says goodbye to his and daughter. And now you have to take care of AJ. <laughs> yeah, like, what the... F- yeah. This movie gonna pull that? Mm-hmm. Well, because it's Bruce Willis. This shooting machine guns on an asteroid flying through space movie is gonna hit you with some emotional weight like that? Mm, right at the last minute. And he does. He sacrifices himself to blow up this asteroid at the very last second because, you know, still a disaster action movie. You mm-hmm. got to wait till the last second to do it. Mm-hmm. And they win. All the astronauts, besides the ones who are dead, make it back to Earth. They're all celebrated as heroes. And, and the movie ends on AJ a wedding. AJ and Liv. Or AJ and Liv. <laughs> I mean, AJ it, and Grace. I, I would totally accept that wedding. <laughs> AJ and Lev, absolutely. Yeah. 
They they get to have their wedding. They get to have their wedding and with the little there. posters of the people who didn't make it. Yep, and and a movie. Yeah, it's great. great. No, yeah, it's great. You shut your mouth. <laughs> you want to move to research? Sure. This do this is half-assed research, so can't verify any of this. There's more research than I did. Woohoo! Right. So Bruce Willis hated working on this movie because he hated the way Michael Bay directs and swore he'd never work with him again. Mm-hmm. I don't blame him. <laughs> we're, still, even... we're still on the Michael Bay hate train. <laughs> I am on that Michael Bay hate train probably for the rest of my life. Uh, Rockhound, played by Steve Buscemi. Buscemi was pissed because when he signed on, he was pitched this role as a heroic planet-saving geologist scientist. And he was like, yes, that's so different from everything I've ever played. I'm 100% on board. He says, or claims, it wasn't until after he signed on to do the role, signed his contract, that all the sleaziness about that character was added in. Mm. And that's why he played around with the role so much during the movie, because he was pissed. You know what? He created something beautiful. So Absolutely. I think it's amazing. But I don't blame him. I'd be pissed, too. I would be, too. The shuttle launches disney got to film some real shuttle launches there's a cut somebody went through this movie and counted all the edits there is a cut approximately every 1.5 seconds in this movie yeah that explains a lot makes me not i want to throw up watching Mm -hmm. this movie uh this movie made roger ebert's most hated list of all time yeah i could kind of tell and my favorite one Duct taping somebody down is in fact part of NASA's protocol to immobilize out of control astronauts. I just thought those were fun. You want to go into questions? Yeah. All right. What do you got? Was this a knockoff Independence Day president speech? Oh my God. My first question is which speech is better? This president speech or ID4's president speech? And the answer is as always. ID4? Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. It's 100% a knockoff of this. So was the destruction of New York with the mm-hmm. with the stuff in the beginning. Like, Michael Bay saw that, or J.J. Abrams, the writer, saw that, and were like, let's add that in, because people liked it in that movie. Problem is, they didn't do it nearly as well. Yeah, not. don't get me wrong. This president's speech, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's just it's, not good. Yeah, it's pretty moving, but, you know, it having is... watched ID4s, <laughs> it, you it's don't just have, so much better. You know, like... This is our Independence Day. There's no rah-rah-ness to this speech. It's like the most downer presidential speech. Mm -hmm. We wish them good luck. Who cares? Cut it. We don't even need it. Yeah. Why send drillers? This shit pisses me off. (laughs) And so many people try to explain it. Because they know dirt. (laughs) And the movie tries to explain it too of like, these guys don't know. Bullshit. These are like some of the smartest dudes on the planet working for NASA right now. Teach them to build the drill. Guess what? Those 12 days that you took to get them space-worthy, you could have taken to make these astronauts drill-worthy. And, like, all you really need is, like, two dudes. It should have been Harry and AJ. That's it. Mm -hmm. Each one with a team of astronauts who know how to drill, but they're there to oversee the whole thing. Done. You didn't need to change the entire damn crew. Yeah. Stupid. Did we need the love story? No. Why does the munitions specialist not know how to turn off the damn bomb? (laughs) He looks at Willie Sharp and is like, blue or red? Blue or red? Dude, this is your job. He's freaking out. You can see his hands are shaking. But he's not even the one cutting it. Yeah. 
it's it's your job to know this. To, what else are you there for? To make sure the machine gun works? Mm-hmm. Ah, so stupid. And the other gun that Steve Buscemi's character uses for some reason? the Gatling gun, it's fine. Would you (laughs) stay behind? Yeah. To blow it all up? Yeah. I think I'd be more like Rockhound. I think I'd be like, I gotta see to the end of the world, let's watch it. Nah, I'd blow it up. Yeah. There's there's too many people on this planet that deserve a chance at life. So, this is a question that you've been dying to ask for, for some movies. And I feel like this is the perfect one to ask it for. Should they remake this in Muppet version? Oh, yes. <laughs> the question isn't if they should make it. It's who's the one normal actor. That's the next part of my question. Who is the one human in the movie? Steve Buscemi. Agreed. <laughs> Playing Rockhound again. Yes. <laughs> just leave him in it. And Kermit <laughs> can play Harry and just tell him to shut up and it's going to be amazing. Yep. Okay. But here's the real question. Mm-hmm. So we can't really do Kermit as Harry because Kermit would then have to sacrifice himself at the end. So what Muppet has to sacrifice himself at the end? Who plays Harry? Oof. Because obviously AJ and AJ and uh, Grace are Kermit and Miss Piggy. You know who it's going to be? Who? It's going to be the two um, old guys that are constantly bickering. Those two, they're, they're going to duo play yeah. Harry? Yeah. They both are Harry. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that at all. Harry A and Harry B. I thought it would be the Swedish chef. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, yeah. No, that, that's got to be the Russian dude. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That's so good. So, who's the count? The count? Oh, he's not a Muppet. He's, he's Sesame Street. Yeah. I get him confused. They're all Muppets. Um, Gonzo? That's probably AJ. It can't be AJ, because AJ's Kermit. Because he has to be with Miss Piggy, who's Grace. Oh. Harry? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Gonzo was Harry. That could, that could be. Okay. I don't think anybody cares about Gonzo enough, so if he's actually... I care about Gonzo. Again. He's my favorite favorite Muppet. All right, it's, it's fine. But what he pe- can still sacrifice himself. What piece of memorabilia do you want from this movie? Harry's patch. Um, I want one of the armadillos. I don't know where I'm putting it, and I don't care. I want it. All right, next up is the Louise from Louise, Lewis from Ant-Man cameo. This is where you take Michael Peña's character from the Ant-Man movies, you plug him in somewhere, adding in a scene where he explains how we got there. Mm -hmm. What do you got? I have him as a news anchor right after the first armadillo goes down when he's explaining like everything that's happened so far to them and how we're all screwed. I add a scene in towards the beginning of the movie when NASA says we need to find the best oil driller right before they find Harry and Michael How Pena, they find Harry. How they find Harry. Well, I called my girl and my girl said that she knew this guy and he was over on this oil drill, but that guy said he knew this other guy and this other guy was like, oh no, Harry's the best one. You can find... That's where you plug him in. I like it. This is our Tignataro category. This is the category where we talk about who would you replace in this movie with somebody else... For either fun or to make the movie better. I, I'm ready for this one. Let's hear it. I went to my well. Me too. With Matt Damon. Me too. Who are you replacing though? Owen Wilson. Oh no. I, I think he needs to go pretty quickly. Okay. But like just to have that moment of, you know, Ben Affleck mourning <laughs> Matt Damon. 
Yes. Okay, so you went a little more fun with it. I went serious with it. I replace. I put Ben Af- or I put Matt Damon in Ben Affleck's role. Oh, that's fair. I just get rid of Ben Affleck. I think he's bad in his movie. I think he's absolutely <laughs> trash. He sucks so hard. Matt Damon was still skinny and sexy at the time this he, movie came out. He's still sexy now. Yeah, he's got you a watch weight on him. It's fine. But, you know, he could be a believable love interest guy yeah. still at this time. He's also coming off, you know, rounders and uh, goodwill hunting and things like that. Put him in this. It's a better movie the minute you put Matt Damon in that role. Fair enough. Let's go into awards. All right. First award is the Prestige Award. And this is for the biggest WTF moment in the movie. Steve Buscemi's character riding the missile and people just kind of looking at him instead of immediately getting him off of the missile. <laughs> yeah, but it's so funny. He's riding like a cowboy. Oh my God, I love well, it. Like, I love it, but it's still like, what the fuck? Paying homage to old Hollywood. It's awesome. It's fair. Um, my prestige award goes to the old man finding the asteroid and yelling at his wife. And then call- naming it after her and her being like... <gasps> Thank you. And, and I don't even care about all that. Just, oh. I just, the whole thing of like, shut up, woman, go get me the phone book in NASA. Yeah. I just can't deal with it. That's fair. All right. Next up is one of our new awards. It's the Overacting Award, which I still don't have a name for. I got to come up with a name for this. Uh, but this is either good or bad because overacting can go both ways. My winner is Steve Buscemi in the whole movie. Amazing. He is overacting both good and bad throughout this entire movie dude is at a whole nother level especially when he's riding the freaking <laughs> nuclear bomb <sighs> it's amazing he's amazing love him overacting award 100 percent. my award goes to ben affleck when he didn't get to blow up the bomb basically when he gets trapped in the little like sphere and like <laughs> He's like, no, this was my job. Like, oh, he, he goes a little. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. This is going to be, we're going to call this the Spinal Tap Award. <laughs> this goes to 11. This, yep. this goes to 11. So it's the Spinal Tap Overacting Award. This goes to 11. Mm-hmm. Okay. He, he definitely dialed it up to like 12. Oh, yeah. He's all the way up. All the way up in that moment. Yeah. Which is funny because the rest of the movie, he's at like two. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason, this scene, he's like, just crank it. Yep. Ah, that's good choice. Good choice. Next is our Psycho Shower Scene Award for your favorite scene in the movie. There's only one answer. Ooh, interesting. There's only one answer. Let's hear yours first. The psych evaluations. Oh, no. No, that that's mine. It, it's You're getting so much of those characters, and it's so funny. Like, I love this moment. It's Harry's goodbye. Uh, well, you know what? If you want to be serious about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good moment that is so deserving of a much better movie. I love the psych evaluations. Mm-hmm. But it's a little too much. Fair enough. The Harry's goodbye, though, man. Right in the feels. Every time. <laughs> uh, next up is the I'll Be Right Back Award. I'll be right back! Oh! And this is for your favorite line in the movie. My award goes to Harry when he's doing all the demands. Because the demands are just freaking great in and of themselves. But it's the last line he says. Hey, you guys wouldn't be able to tell us who actually killed Kennedy, would you? Because, I'm sorry. Same. Mm-hmm. 
if I could have demands from NASA, you're damn right I'm getting answers to some stuff. Yep. And I love the way Bruce just says it like, it was a Hail Mary. They knew they weren't going to actually be told who did it, but he had to throw it out there anyway. Yeah. I love this line. I love the final little bit he does too, where he's just like, and they don't want to pay taxes, like, ever. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) See, it's just all around just such a great moment. So good. Mine actually goes to Lev uh when he when he goes to basically fix the ship as they're trying to leave uh the asteroid all components american components russian components all made in taiwan it's just it, i love this character and it's so his blase kind of attitude towards everything of like it's just whatever just hit it with a wrench it'll work yeah it he's wonderful peter stormare Mwah. Mm-hmm. Um, next up is the Han Shot First Award for what held up the worst since this movie came out. How unbelievable it is. It is just, the, the science doesn't work. Nothing about this movie makes any sense and it pisses me off. <laughs> uh, I agree with you, but I went with the length. Okay, yeah. I think if this movie was only an hour 45, I could forgive a lot of it because it would just move at such a tight pace that I wouldn't have time to stop and go, this is bullshit. Mm -hmm. But when you give me time to think about each scene, it's bullshit. So I went with the length. I think it's just way too long of a movie. Yeah. And our last award is the Paul Rudd award for what held up the best since this movie came out. It's Bruce Willis. He is an action star in this movie, real tough guy, but he has some great moments like his goodbye where it's just that moment alone should be award worthy mm-hmm. inside of a dumb popcorn blockbuster. It's amazing what he does in this film. I see your Bruce Willis and I add you a Peter Stormare and uh, Steve Buscemi. All so, three of those are what holds up the best in this movie. Yeah, agreed. Bruce Willis is ultimately the winner, but those two I have to add in there because they are the reason I have watched this movie again. Yeah. Bruce Willis is one. Those two guys are 2A and 2B. Mm -hmm. They are right there behind him. And that three, you know, screw it. We'll add in a 2C with Michael Clark Duncan as well. Oh, yeah. Just because why not? (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's like a couple of the guys in this movie are what make this movie work on any level mm-hmm. and it's it's amazing all right let's hear it. final thoughts and decision while it's somewhat interesting to watch i i get entertainment out of it i don't think this movie holds up there's just so much wrong with it from the length from the editing the directing so much of it is wrong that it just it, it can't hold up i loved this movie growing up and i thought i still loved this movie but it was rough to watch this time. Mm-hmm. Like, beyond rough. I had to pause it and walk away multiple times just because I felt like, maybe if I walk away and come back, the movie will be good again. <laughs> and it just never quite got there. I understand why there's still some great stuff to this movie. Mm-hmm. But overall, like, I would rather watch a 15-minute sec- a fifteen minute clip show from this movie than the actual movie. Yeah, just give me all Steve Buscemi parts. Just give me all like the... the In a montage. Yeah, the big moments. Just give me those. I, all the other crap I don't need. The action was bad. The CGI looked awful. Ooh, yeah. It was rough as hell. The story makes no sense. 
it has so much negative to it that even the great performances can't lift it out of the well. So mm-hmm. I agree, it does not hold up. Yeah. Shame, because I used to love this movie. I st- I still I'm still entertained it. by yeah. it for the most part. I, there's definitely stuff I'll just fast forward. Oh, yeah. All right, that's it for us talking about 1988, 1988, 1998's Armageddon. We'll be back next week with the first of a new thing we're trying out. We're going to be back with Matt Damon Month. Yes. We figured we would do do Armageddon this week to highlight Damon's best friend, Ben Affleck, so we could transition into our very first ever full month of theme and that theme is matt damon's career so please come back join us for that it's going to be a lot of fun week on week we're going to talk about some matt damon's biggest roles of his entire career until then be good to yourself be kind to others and as always keep watching movies bye